Good evening, and welcome to ESPN LGBTQIA+. Tonight, me, Sporty McSportington, is going to be covering the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the San Jose Sharks hockey game. Now, I've had the pleasure of talking to the coaches of both teams. The Toronto Maple Leafs coach tells me they've been training all season long, running drills up and down the rink, you know, hitting that puck left and right. Whereas the San Jose Sharks, in talking to their coach, says their training has been a little bit different. They hired RuPaul of RuPaul's Drag Race to have a twerking training for their players. And instead of practicing those good old crossovers, they've been cross-dressing. Now, before we get into the game, a moment of silence here at ESPN for our LGBTQ plus allies. Very important when it comes to sports. Let's get into it. Hey guys, how'd you like that? Hearing my uh, limited hockey knowledge. <laughs> Hitting that puck left and right, up and down the rink. I literally asked Scott and Taylor, or Taylor and, and Cam. Sorry, Cam, no disrespect. Uh, do they, they play on a rink, right? <laughs> Yes, rink. <laughs> so we got that. We got that clarified. You got it, Sporty McSportington. Sporty yeah. McSportington. <laughs> if you ever need me for any sort of sports commentary, I am your gal, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So just always know, big sporting event, you know who to call. It, it's me. We got Taylor in Nashville. Hello, hello. I'm very proud to be here with you on ESPN QIA Plus. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a great time. And Cam. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Cam is always short and sweet. Short Short. and sweet is how Cam likes it. We've got many stories to touch on today. We're going to be talking about the San Jose Sharks and their recent pride protest development back and forth. You know it. You know it. You name it. They're doing it all over every single sport now. Everything has to be a political statement. You can't just play the game. Or as uh, Laura Ingram would say, shut up and dribble. You know, she got in a lot of trouble for that one. Plus, Dr. Fauci, in a new documentary published by PBS, has been going door to door, talking to people and trying to convince them about uh, vaccinations, getting vaccinated, particularly in lower income uh, people of color. He's been going to their their doors and trying to convince them to get vaccinated so we've got some clips of him trying to do that we're also going to be talking about whether or not seasoning your food or not seasoning your food makes you racist in a recent viral tweet plus robin d'angelo you all know her as the writer of white fragility that book that nobody who's reasonable read and if anybody who's reasonable read that book it was just to make fun of it she talks about people of color needing to get away from white people Plus, an OnlyFans model is now taking to court a case where she's suing her boyfriend for, quote, revenge porn, $6.3 billion. That's billion with a B. An Airbnb owner cannot remove one of the, I guess, residents, we'll call them now, for 30 days due to squatter's rights in a viral video. Plus, we've got Girls on the Whatever podcast talking about the fact that you should always rate yourself as a 10. Before we get into the stories, guys, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. Also, sign up for my email list. The link is in the description. And 10 of you will be chosen and get a little unapologetic mug, a little sticker with my face on it, if y'all are into that, and a little note from me sent to your door. That's right. If you call now, it will be sent to your door. Uh, guys, think about supporting, signing up for the email list. You'll get personal updates from me every week, plus updates as to uh, the content that we put out throughout the week. Now, let's get into this sports 
content because I know so much about sports, guys. This goalie, goaltender, if you will, <laughs> that's a new term I've just learned, James Raymer of the San Jose Sharks put out a statement about engaging in this whole Pride Month that the team was going to get behind, you know, the Pride jerseys, they're dedicating their time to the LGBTQ plus community, saying that they are allies and we're rocking with the LGBTQ people. Well, he put out a statement saying, quote, under the umbrella of the NHL's Hockey is for everyone initiative. The San Jose Sharks have chosen to wear jerseys in support of the LGBTQIA plus community tonight. Ooh, what a mouthful. For all 13 years of my NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins, and I'm in response... Uh, and in response, asked me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone. I have always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. In this specific instance, I'm choosing not to endorse something that I that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. I strongly believe that every person has value and worth, and the LGBTQIA plus community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey. James Raymer. Okay. Pretty simple, right? Pretty straightforward. No, This guy just sounds like a seething bigot, as right, far as I can right. tell. What a homophobe. Disgusting. He needs to be brought to justice for saying that he wants to treat everybody with respect and kindness and that all people are welcome in all aspects of the game of hockey. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, we're so clown world. I can't even believe I even have to talk about this. But of course, he is getting all these responses saying he's so bigoted. Somebody updated his Wikipedia page to say that he worked, he's a, a player for the San Jose Sharks of the National Hockey League and a publicly known homophobe. This is how far people are going. And they're saying he's disgusting. He's bigoted. How dare he use his religion as a means to shield the hatred that he feels for so many people who are different to him. And of course, the San Jose Sharks were taking on a lot of this heat. And in response, posted this. During tonight's game, in lieu of our normal game content, we will be using this platform to offer information and facts about LGBTQIA topics. Our hope is that this content will serve as a reminder that there are issues more important than goals, highlights, and wins. Hockey is not for everyone until everyone is comfortable playing, working, or being a fan of this incredible game. I'm sorry, am I just now getting on to some new issue that's happening where people are being discriminated against in hockey. Has anybody ever heard a story about that? Because I haven't even heard one. They're not even referencing a story where this has happened. There is no catalyst for them feeling the need to virtue signal for an entire month of Pride Month, other than the fact that they have the opportunity to do so. There's no story here. There's no great act of discrimination that the NHL is fighting against. They just want to tell you, these are our leftist beliefs. You should be on board with them. And if you're not, you are working actively to make people feel less accepted in the sport. Makes no sense to me. And it's so unnecessary in a game that people just want to go see, have fun, watch a couple guys get their teeth knocked out if they're lucky, and then go home. That's it reminds it. me of that uh, clip on Seinfeld where Kramer is uh, running in the race or whatever, and the, the guys are like forcing him to wear the ribbon that's against AIDS. And he's like, I don't want to wear the ribbon. They're like, aren't you against AIDS? He's like, yes, but I don't want to wear the ribbon. Right. And then this angry mob of 
seething angry people chase him around and force him to or try to force him to wear the ribbon and it's like it's not that i'm not against aids i just i do i i'm opposing this authoritarian measure that you are demanding that i have this specific signal that maybe i'm not fully on board with what it means like uh we have multiple friends who have been on the show like uh dave rubin amir odom who say i want nothing to do with this pride flag and this all this you know, alphabet community because there's so much baggage attached to that so it, it's even even apart from his uh religious beliefs and and that argument which is also valid by the way that it's not like his rights to freedom of belief freedom of expression uh freedom of conscience are less important than the rights of other people to be who they are and live how they want to live so there's just absolutely nothing wrong with what this goalie is doing or saying but there's this outcry on social media and the team doubling down on feeling like they have to you know posture and, and then frame it as though like you said there's this giant issue in the nhl with people oppressing people over their sexuality which is not the case the guy's statement was i respect all people and they're all welcome in the game of hockey so yeah there's it's a big nothing burger it's made up like i want to look at them and be like oh, is the homophobia in the room with us because there's not, <laughs> it's not there. You're literally making it up just to virtue signal. And of course, they put out all these tweets because they say they're going to be live tweeting facts about the LGBTQIA plus community during the game. Here are some of the tweets, and they're so cringe. One says, worldwide, gender diversity is seen far differently than that in the Western world, or as you may know it. Most of us are familiar with the male, female, and transgender labels. But in other cultures, the existence of the third gender or even fourth and fifth genders is common. What? Sir, this is a Wendy's. Don't be tweeting this out. This is not what I'm here to see. I did not come here to get gender diversity information from the San Jose Sharks Twitter page. Laura Ingram is starting to sound so much more correct when she says, shut up and dribble. I don't know what you say to them. Shut up and I don't know. What, what do they do? Shut up and skate. S skate on the rink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just do anything but this, please. Anything but this. Here's another tweet. It's reported that nearly one in three LGBTQ youth participate in sports. Then what's the problem? If one in three LGBTQ people are going, hey, I feel comfortable participating in sports, then what are you virtue signaling about? Because they're there. They're competing in sports. They're playing hockey. They're doing all these things with little to no discrimination. We're even going as far to, as to say now, that trans women can compete in women's sports. You're the most welcome you've ever been in any time in human history. And your very tweet about one third of LGBTQ plus people participating in sports is evidence of that. So what are you doing other than wasting people's time and your own time? Nothing. You're doing nothing. And it's very reminiscent of what they did to the NHL player uh, Ivan Provorov. He came out and said, I'm not going to wear the pride night jerseys during warm-ups which is literally just during warm-ups he said it's not even going to be televised i'm not going to wear the jersey it's not my thing it goes against my religion he was just dragged up and down all over tv people saying that he should be deported back to his country because he said he doesn't support the having the pride flag on a jersey yeah clown world just get back to entertaining people my gosh, because it's just not it's not a good look for any sports organization to doing this. It just doesn't work. It only seeks to divide. And I'm just not sure what they gain from this. I'm not imagining that the, most of the people who watch hockey are LGBTQ plus identifying. I'm just not I'm just not imagining that that's the case. Although hockey players, 
<laughs> maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they are queer and gay identifying people watching hockey. <laughs> but I just can't imagine that that is the case. So what do they what do they seek to gain other than compassion and virtue points? I don't know. Can you guys figure that out? Imagine if uh, a conservative told somebody to go back to their country because they didn't like their beliefs. Literally. You can't say that. You cannot say that. But because he was coming out against the pride flag, it's okay to say that you want him deported and sent back to his country and that he can go play somewhere else. Be public outrage. (sighs) Would be. You'd be hung in the court of public opinion. So that's where we are. Uh, The San Jose Sharks are dumb. And they suck at hockey anyways. So they should really spend more time working on the actual game, actually running those drills that we talked about in the intro, (laughs) rather (laughs) than tweeting out LGBTQ plus facts. Yeah, I think they're dead last in their division. So priorities, right? Priorities. Get your priorities straight, San Jose Sharks. Now I'm going to continue to not watch hockey even harder because of what (laughs) you said. <laughs> uh, now let's go on to this uh, Fauci documentary that's come out and been published by PBS. There's a particular moment of him knocking the door of a man and trying to convince him to get vaccinated that it's gone viral with over 5.4 million views now on Twitter. Let's see what all the talk is about. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. Mm. It takes years to create vaccination. Well, it it used to take years. Okay, it used to. You know how how many years were invested in this this approach? About 20 years of science to get us to be able to do it. 20 years is not enough. And nine months is definitely not enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only reason I'm talking to you right now, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if a lot of thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? It's much more serious than the flu. Well, the flu kills a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to... Virtually none. BFFR, Dr. Fauci. BFFR, DR Fauci. 30,000. You know, how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. Well, you, well, that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that, that's once again, that's you all's number. You gonna pass. Yeah, definitely. Because when you you start talking about paying (laughs) people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Hmm. Something yeah. else, it's something it, else I, going it on. It is with that. something going yeah. on. Yeah. With something else You're right. But I'm glad millions of people like. What me. does she mean there? There is something going on with that. You're right. Oh, did, did like, she, are you admitting to was, it? I feel like it was just like a nervous, like a nervous agreement. I don't so know. Please like she, me. Yeah, like you're right. There is something going on with that. We gonna take the camera crew and we gonna go to the next door because this is not going the way that we thought it was gonna go. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and almost everybody here didn't get an. You know what their incentive was? protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that, I, I, I won't keep you in the It's okay, because my, 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 my incentive y'all campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack Look at him walk away. Fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. Ooh. And right back in the door, and then there's Dr. Fauci in the car. Oops. Hey. 
sanitizing his hands, of course. <laughs> now, there are some interesting points made. His skepticism really revolved around the fact that this came out of nowhere and then you miraculously had some sort of vaccination within what a nine month period or whatever the period that they stipulated in this video was. Of course, the time frame is somewhat arbitrary when it comes to these things as technol technology develops. But what he's talking about there is just this feeling of distrust uh, and especially with the origins of said virus being highly questionable because I don't think a bat sneezed into a soup or something <laughs> that's how and that's how we got it or yeah some some tarantula walked across somebody's spaghetti and then <laughs> and then suddenly this virus was all was all over the place should have asked him how many years were invested in the wuhan lab because that would have uh spoken to Ooh. maybe the efficiency of getting the uh the old uh, fauci ouchy out and, and running uh, uh, on his point too, the the there's plenty of Democrats who early on in the pandemic, when Trump was still president and had Operation Warp Speed and was developing the vaccine quickly, used the exact same logic as this guy to justify why they weren't planning to get this vaccine that Trump cooked up super quick, yep. uh, with hasn't been tested, blah 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 blah. So to act like all of a sudden that that's a laughable concern is really silly when people like I think it was like Chuck Schumer and Joy Reid and some of the MSNBC personalities were like on record early on saying I'm never going to get this Trump jab. Yeah. yeah. Kamala Harris was one of them. Hmm. All over the place. All over the place. So it, the, the narratives fit when the narratives fit and when they work for the agenda. And kudos to this guy. Because when 10 people walk up to your door and knock on your door with a camera crew in your face and they're trying to get you to a certain endpoint, that can be really sort of pressuring it's a lot of pressure to have just random people one of whom is the mayor of your city another who is a doctor who is all over television all the time trying to convince you one singular person to do one thing that's a lot of pressure to put on an individual and he was like nope absolutely not you are not going to come to my door and have this uh talk with me i am not going to engage and if i do engage it's going to be to tell you that what you're doing is bs and that you're trying to fear monger people and I bet this man is still alive to tell the tale of the fact that he did not get the Fauci ouchie. I bet his kids are still alive. I bet his neighbors are still alive. They're all hanging out in D.C. right now after Fauci came and tried to get him to get the old jab. I don't know what I can say on this stream anymore. I'm trying to use all my cryptic terminology for what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, good for him for, for saying that. And he's saying... You're incentivizing me to get this. You want to give me money. You want to give me free McDonald's, free Krispy Kreme, which uh, we all know if, if that's the case, then maybe your health is not within their interest whatsoever. Get your Mickey D's Big Mac and a, instead of buns, Krispy Kreme donuts, and uh, we'll, we'll give it to you for free if you get vaccinated. Come on now. Something's not right. The meth is not meth in Dr. Fauci. The meth is not mathing. And people can smell it. And it's interesting that he's trying to go to this community in particular, which is a low-income community of color, because people of color were like, yeah, no, I'm a pass. I'm a pass on the whole quick vaccine. You're trying to get everybody to get it within a matter of months and paying us money and doing whatever you can and trying to keep us from our jobs and keep us from doing what we need to do with our lives. We're going to pass. And in large numbers decided, yeah, that's not for us. Sorry. So it's very clear why he chose the neighborhood in particular that he chose.
Are we at all surprised that this footage was even like chosen to be released? Because this is a new PBS documentary. I think they just put it out, but it's it's kind of like, you know, they have on Twitter that women posting their L's account. This is kind of like posting your L because you got told off by this guy. And there's a few other interactions where people are like skeptical and saying, doesn't it not prevent you from catching the virus? Doesn't it prevent you from not prevent you from being able to spread the virus? What's the point? And a lot of the concerns that they raise have since been proven to be true. And we've since learned from that Pfizer person on the panel that it was never tested in the way that we were meant to believe that it was tested and all these different things. So they're bringing out this documentary now and kind of just like, letting it letting their uh, L's hang out there. It's kind of amusing. I don't think they think this is an L. I think they think that this man looks stupid for saying what he said. And that's why they're willing to put it in a documentary and put it out to the world because they're kind of saying, look what we have to face all these stupid people who are not willing to get the jab, even when we send a doctor and their mayor to their door to ask them to get it. Look how dumb they are. And they really think this is a W. They do. The things he's saying are literally things that Fauci was saying before the like when Trump was still in office. These are things Fauci was saying. He yeah. literally said, don't worry about covid, worry about the flu when right. it first started. And he's comparing one, the most recent flu season to the entirety of covid-19's existence. Doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. when you compare the same duration. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, well, the, the numbers on the flu are a little are virtually none, virtually none this year. <laughs> what? Causes. From from 30,000 to virtually none. How did we how did that happen? How did that happen? And he said, and the guy looked at me, he goes, there's 600,000. Those are the numbers. He goes, those are your numbers. <laughs> that is a profound thing to say. Because you remember when the CNN got caught by Project Veritas and they were saying behind the scenes, oh, we want to rack up as many numbers as possible. Do you remember when that guy who died from a motorcycle accident in Orlando was qualified as a COVID-19 death? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember? When people were having strokes and, you know, falling down the stairs or getting in car accidents or having drug ODs and then they were being counted as COVID-19 deaths. So that's your numbers. And that ticker is on CNN 24 hours a day counting the COVID deaths just there. To, and he, like the guy said, it's a campaign of fear. Yep. And every single day we're going to let this giant number that keeps growing just blast it in front of your face. And look, there's this guy was onto something. Like you said, it doesn't pass the smell test. There was so much about it. And common sense, everyday people just could tell that there was weird stuff about the way that the story that you're telling isn't the whole story. And the facts that you're spitting are not all of the facts. Something's being omitted. And I, I may not have all the research and access to all the things that you do, but that's the point is I don't you're asking me to trust you with something and you're shutting down society and doing all these things uh, on on a very flimsy basis and and you're, you you haven't earned my trust and they never did and they still haven't and it's it's sad that the CDC NIH FDA all these agencies that we once could just take for granted that yeah we can trust them they have the uh best interests of the american people in part i mean you never totally take it for granted but they once had a lot more credibility and now that's just completely in shambles along with the media which is a really sad state of affairs and really harmful to the overall health of the country uh culturally but you know they had to do what they had to do in their own eyes yep and uh, they're partisan so here's uh I've got to find this other clip, if I can find it, of Dr. Fauci. Here it is. Him talking about who's really causing the problem. I know. They do need a a little push. A push and a drag. Yeah. (laughs) My neighbor. I don't come in. I got no problem. Second, you could pass it on. You won't give it to Let's see. I think he says it right here. Here we go. What are we going to do about those other states? Oh, my God. They're going to keep the 
outbreak smoldering in the country. It's so crazy. I mean, they're not doing it because they say they don't want to do it. They're Republicans. They don't like to be told what to do. And we got to break that, you know, unpack that. How you guys doing with... You heard it. You heard it. The people who don't want to get vaccinated, they're Republicans. They just don't want to do it. I, I really want to know. That guy, who, the door that you just knocked, was he a Republican? Were all these other people who told you no as you were knocking on their door, are they Republicans? I have a feeling you're going to find a pretty mixed bag uh, as far as that's that's concerned. Now, of course, in, in a lot of the red states, Republicans are leading the charge for, you know, question the CDC, question the WHO, question the regulations that are coming out because we don't have all the information. But to just blame it and be like, oh, they're all Republicans. They just don't want to be told what, what to do. That's the reason that they're not doing it. You tell a Republican to... Uh, to, to not walk into the door, they'll walk into the door just because they didn't want to be told what to do. Plus, and even the, to use the language, we need to break that. It's kind of like that's sort of giving authoritarian energy, which is basically the heavy handed way that they cut everything down to the one size fits all approach and silenced all the dissenting doctors, no matter what their pedigree was. And, you know, that the, there was a very much a, a one size fits all message and approach and clamp down on the narrative as we're learning from the Twitter files, collaborating with big tech to mm -hmm. uh, to expunge voices that raise doubts uh, because it, out of fear that it would raise vaccine hesitancy and just just for the person who was at the center of all this to be to be using the language of we need to break that those republicans who want to use their freedom to, because they don't trust us it's very like orwellian and it's just just giving even more receipts to everything that we've been saying all along we have the receipts nobody's ever going to look at the receipts <laughs> Nobody's ever going to check uh, back on us or have any sort of accountability, but we do have the receipts. Uh, so at least we know. At least we know. Now on to lighter subjects. Here is a video that was posted uh, by a woman talking about seasoning her chicken. This is a white woman who's been accused of not seasoning her chicken. <laughs> this got 2.6 million the views, horror. guys. We're chronically online over here at this podcast. This got 2.6 million views. You watch this and you see if there's anything wrong with this. And you tell me if you uh, smell something or don't because she's apparently not seasoning her chicken. This is a PSA to the seasoning police on this app. If in your brain you only view seasoning as things like garlic powder onion powder or maybe something like rosemary if this is what you view as seasoning and seasoning only let me pose you a question what does this come from granulated garlic what is that garlic onion powder what does that come from dehydrated onion let's take a look at the spice rub dehydrated garlic onion and bell pepper i sauteed those bell peppers along with my onion and garlic Hmm. What is so funny to me is if I had just doused my chicken in this rub, in this rub alone, the seasoning police would be out of my comments. They wouldn't even be in there. But the second it's fresh garlic or fresh onion or fresh bell pepper, it's automatically not seasoning. And let me just say one last thing. If you're one of those people that loves to watch cooking competitions and a judge says something is under seasoned, they're talking about salt. Under seasoning your food means there's not enough salt in it. Salt is gonna bring out the flavor of onion, the flavor of garlic, the flavor of whatever random spice rub that you have. And let me just say that if your food tastes a little off, it's not because you need to add more powder. It's most of the time because you need to add more salt or some sort of acid like lemon juice or vinegar, okay? I can't believe I just sat through all that. Okay, <laughs> uh, I mean, 
no lies were detected. I didn't hear anything wrong with that. I think it's to each their own, right? Of course, there's the running joke that uh, white people don't season their food, right? And that they'll just like take chicken breasts and take them out of the package and then throw them in the oven. <laughs> Which is just like whatever. I, I get it. Okay. Huh, funny. Ha, As a white ha. person, I'm like, who does that? Yeah. But right. Sure. Right. Right. But they'll say, oh, you guys just use salt and pepper, and nobody ever. And you, you guys know the, the joke. It, it's it, it's real. It exists. Whatever. And she's saying, well, I actually do season my food, and you're wrong, and here's why, and blah blah. blah. Two point six million views later, here's this response. Let's. <laughs> and this is from somebody who's verified. They paid the, they paid the check mark. I guess. Okay. White people not seasoning their food actually really is based in racism and classism, lol. Actually, it actually really is. The reason white people don't season food is because historically, white people began to think seasoning was for brown people who had to season their food because they couldn't afford better tasting meat. They also associated unseasoned food with cleanliness and moral purity, calling it clean or simple eating. In medieval Europe, the rich felt that once spices became affordable for everyone instead of just the wealthy, they no longer wanted them. So basically, white people don't season their food because their ancestors thought seasoning was for poor people and brown people, lol. <laughs> Have any of you ever heard this? Have you heard this before? Is this all news? This is news to me. You know, I've this was like it. that segment we used to do on Will and Amelie Live with, where we'd say, can we make it racist? And, and someone would say, bland chicken. And it's like, oh, this, then you come up with this elaborate, you know, right. deconstructive postmodern response of why that the power structures of medieval Europe enforced that the lower classes weren't able to afford the seasonings and or they had to season because their food didn't taste as good. It's like... Come on. It's again, another one of these looking for grievances, looking for instances of racism or or projecting them onto places where they don't exist. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like what spices make the food darker and therefore I don't want to see dark food because dark food looks like dark skin. Ah, it's so scary. I'm not going to season my food. That is so it's dumb. It's dumb. It's giving dumb. It really is. So how many, I just how many likes did that tweet get? Uh, this tweet got, you got like 90,000 or something. 81,000 likes. 81,000 likes, and luckily a fact check from Twitter that says a preference for fresh whole ingredients over dried spices came out of the French culinary practices of the 16th century, a time and location where race was not a factor, but class was. So in other words, you're wrong. And please delete this tweet. Delete this bad take. It's really bad. It's just bad. I just can't. Everything has to be racism, guys. Everything. We did yesterday, not yesterday, but uh, Friday, if your pantry's organized and you have your spices in their individual containers, you're racist. Now, if you use, if you don't use the spices, you are racist. Oh my gosh. I just I will can't. say I love the new Twitter community notes now. Back in the day, remember it was like official sources say that this is wrong. And right. that was whenever it was, you know, Big Brother watching the tweets and you said something true that they didn't like, and then they put a little official sources don't like this but now it's the community notes and it's like if you say something crazy the whole twitter community comes on and goes and finds the receipts writes the best argument and gives the context that actually you know sets everything straight and it's actually a helpful thing so kudos to twitter for implementing that feature i guess yeah they checked biden the other day over the wage gap he was crying about <laughs> yeah. the wage gap on twitter and they were like when accounting for other factors in in the gender wage gap it is virtually non-existent boom right under the president of the United States tweet. 
What a wonder. What a world we live in now. Which it's never would have happened so under weird. the old regime to no. a year ago. No, it certainly would have. Uh, I want to ask you guys, maybe we should do a poll. Do you guys use other seasonings on your food other than, you know, the typical onion powder, garlic powder, salt, pepper? Let me know. <laughs> now I'm just curious because this is opening up a rabbit hole for me. Are you guys, you know, not keeping your food cleanly and morally pure? Are you guys anti-racist by using other spices on your food? It's just unbelievable. I just can't know. I don't know how people come up with this in their brains. I just don't. <laughs> I don't get it. And spices were such a big commodity for everybody. The, the spice trade was such a big driver for all of colonialism. And <laughs> it's just uh, moving on. Neither here nor there. Speaking of racists, let's hear from Robin D'Angelo who in a recent interview said people of color need to get away from white people. And Robin D'Angelo wrote that famous book, White Fragility, that I did not read. And uh, Taylor, did you read that book? Um, yes, I had a lot of white guilt processing to do. No, I didn't read it. <laughs> a therapist recommended Taylor read it to get a better understanding of himself. I feel like we should do a leftist book series and... Maybe I'll entertain that because there's so many books that they throw out, like How to Be an Anti-Racist, Anti-Racist Baby, White Fragility, uh, The 1619 Project. Maybe we could do uh, like a left, left, I book become club. a leftist book club and see if it, see if any of the books convert me. Uh, I'm willing, mm. I'm willing to go through some conversion therapy. <laughs> Here's this video from Robin D'Angelo. And then I'm a big believer in affinity space and mm, affinity work. she is. And I think people of color need to get away from white people <laughs> and and have some community um, with each other. And I'll, I'll let that go and maybe see if anyone else wants to pick it up. And then yep. I'm, a big I'm just going to drop this big, stupid idea on the ground and see if anybody else wants to pick it up. <laughs> That's what I just heard from her. Affinity spaces. You guys love that? I What a beautiful word for segregation. I love affinity spaces. It's just like, oh my gosh. I don't even know what, what to even liken it to. I don't know what to liken that to. But yeah, a beautiful phrase. Affinity space. It's where I go to be zen and think of myself. But what it really means is here's the white space. Here's the colored space. You know, kind of reminiscent of the 1960s. That's what I'm hearing right now. And I thought we got rid of that. I thought we said that was not cool. I thought we said segregation was the opposite of what we wanted in society. But now the new activism is people advocating for segregation. <laughs> it's people saying people of color need to get away from white people and have some community with each other. Why? And we're going to have Amir Odom on the show a Thursday to talk about the LGBTQ community, uh, which he is reluctantly a part of, I guess, by virtue of being gay. He's just been lumped into that group of people. It's the same thing that's happening with people of color, white people, all these different things. Just because we have the same skin color, does that mean I'm part of a community? No, absolutely not. But it's been, we've been made to think that now that because, oh, that one looked like me. We must be community. Do you see how dumb that sounds? That just because somebody looks like you, you're meant to be some sort of community with each other and you're meant to have some sort of camaraderie and like-mindedness and similar thinking. It's just not real. It's not. And you, she's literally advocating for segregation, which we don't do on this podcast. I, I hang out with white boys all the time. It's my, it's my community <laughs> service. 
<laughs> you don't need your own your own space with your own people. No, no. I hang out with marginalized groups, and Taylor and Cam are part of one right now. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> upside down world. Upside down world. How do you feel? Do you guys care when you hear stuff like this? Like black, white people need to be separated from black people. Does it actually like pain you to to hear in any way, shape, or form, or is it just like a uh, it's today's time? It pain. It pains me to see that we've you know as they say, become so open-minded that our brains have fallen out. We started, you know, with desegregation and taking apart Jim Crow back in the 60s and the Civil Rights Act. And now progressivism has come so far that it's literally full circle. We need to resegregate. Like, how does this make sense? How do you call that progress? So, yeah, it pains me to see because, you know, the I just I just posted the other day on my Instagram story uh, on St. Patrick's Day I watched this old Disney movie called Luck of the Irish and it's about this kid who's got like an Irish heritage and the school has his Pride Day and he's got to like learn about it but the the long story short the the end of the film has this this scene where this is Disney mind you where they start the whole audience at this uh, Heritage Day starts singing like this land is your land, this land is my land, and talking about how what it means to be American is the values that unite us. It's not about being a lucky Irish person or whatever. It's about our shared identity, and we can celebrate everyone's differences. And like that's like uniting around values. And it's sad to see that like in the last 30 years, something has happened, 20 years since that movie was made, something's happened where that would never get made today. You yeah. can't portray America as this un- uniting thing. It's it's all about the things that divide us. It's about now like, we need to separate our identity groups in our schools and put, you know, like wasn't it Stanford or Princeton or one of these uh, Ivy League universities had its, you know, black dorms and black graduation ceremonies separately. It's like yeah. the antithesis of progress. And yet it's being heralded as, as something that's good. Yeah. Columbia did that. Columbia an amazing university was advocating and participating in segregated graduations for their students. And what you just said about the Disney movie and those values is just so those values are becoming nostalgic. Like I'm like, oh, I'm longing for my childhood when I actually heard people say such things. Now, like the new Disney movies are all remakes and gender bent and race swapped and putting in new modern day themes. Like I saw this tweet earlier that Taylor sent uh, that Halle Bailey says that her version of Ariel is more nuanced than the original. Uh, We're doing it now, but we're doing it better because we always improve upon the thing that we remake and says, quote, we've definitely changed that perspective of just her wanting to leave the ocean for a boy. It's way bigger than that. It's about herself, her purpose, her freedom, her life and what she wants. I'm like, did you Did you not look at the source material before going into making this remake? Wasn't Ariel the character that was salvaging and saving all of these little artifacts that she had gotten from the outer world and longing to go there her entire life? (laughs) Is that not already the plot structure for Little Mermaid? But anyways, I had to go on a tangent about how Disney is not no longer adhering to universal timeless themes. I give up. And, you know, that was The Little Mermaid, I think, was originally written by Hans Christian Andersen in like the 1800s. And the reason why that these Disney stories are made from these classic fairy tales is because they have enduring themes that speak to universal human experience. And when you look at that and say, that guy didn't really know what he was talking about, let me come in 
with my ideas about what this character means and her exploring her individuality. And I'm going to put that in there as the actress or as the writer. That's what Disney's doing now. And it's every time they make something new and try to invent a new character, it flops because it's shallow and based on shallow ideas, shallow values, shallow thinking. And then every time that they take old ideas and try to put their old, their new stuff on them, it also flops and and crashes and burns because they're they just don't have the depth and richness of the original fairy tales and the original stories and it shows and they, they've made it it's like the same thing with the hockey stuff every hockey can't be hockey movies can't be movies fairy tales can't be fairy tales nothing can be sports can't be sports nothing can be what it's supposed to be it's all got to be about activism and promoting this ideology everywhere we can and people just are tired of it common sense people like you said that guy opposing dr fauci was not a Republican or an ideologue by any sense. It's just, we're not buying what you're smelling. Your stuff doesn't pass the smell test and we're, we're over it. Right. And I'm just saying, like, you, actors are just going in, taking roles and then playing themselves. It's kind of like what James Corden does in every movie. It's like, ah, uh, how about I just play myself? <laughs> Which sounds like what's going to happen with this whole Little Mermaid thing. But I digress. I will leave that. We've got a whole video on the Little Mermaid thing. You guys can check that out. Let's move on to one of our final stories. And this is... Uh, just a weird development that I saw, a weird headline. OnlyFans model, known for her long tongue, sues X $6.3 billion for alleged revenge porn. Now, I have a theory about this now that I've read this article, but I'll get into my theory in just a little bit. Let's hear from the article first out of the New York Post. A Florida OnlyFans model, of course, uh, and I'm saying that as a Floridian, of course. A Florida OnlyFans model whose claim to fame is an abnormally long tongue is suing her boyfriend for $6.3 billion for allegedly taking control of her social media accounts and sharing explicit content without her consent. Michaela Saravia, 25, claims that Nicholas Hunter, 27, seized her OnlyFans and Twitter accounts after they ended their turbulent five-year relationship in October, the South Florida Sun Sentinel reported. The social media sensation charged in a federal lawsuit that last week that Hunter changed the passwords and began posting graphic images and videos. She has two OnlyFans accounts, one that might be viewed for free, one that may be viewed for free, and one more explicit one that is accessible for $30 a month, according to the paper. Hunter allegedly seized the paid account, according to the lawsuit. So now she's suing him for $6.3 billion. Mind you, this girl has eight over 8 million followers on Instagram, which is unbelievable. And uh, she's suing him for revenge porn because apparently she may have consented to the creation of the content, but she did not consent to the posting of the content for the money. Now, $6.3 billion is a ridiculous amount of money. I don't think there's any way that he amassed that much money. She's saying that the reason she's suing him for $6.3 billion is because she has 628,000 followers on uh, on Twitter and she wants to sue for $10,000 for each of those followers, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Now, here's my theory, right? Because the more I read this article, the more it started to get a little weird. And I was reading, now this is a totally a conspiracy theory, mind you guys, this can be thrown out. I'm just gonna throw it out there. But the last sentence of this article says, in 2019, Saravia lapped up more than $100,000 a year by flaunting her tongue. And then it says, which is six and a half inches long on Instagram, where she has two million followers, where she had two million followers at the time. Why does this article, at the very end, talk about her tongue and how long it is. <laughs> Why does the title talk about 
her tongue and how long it is and why in the middle of this are there photos of her body like advertising her OnlyFans? And why is it telling you that she has two OnlyFans accounts that you can go and purchase and one for free and one that you can purchase? I have a theory that there are people paying the New York Post to make them articles and really bring on these salacious stories like suing their ex for $6.3 billion, which is absolutely ridiculous. And then getting the New York Post to essentially make free ads for them. And I do have one other piece of evidence for this <laughs> for this conspiracy theory. Here's an article about a woman who mind you raped a 14-year-old boy. Keep that in your keep that in your brain at the forefront of your brain. This is the story. She raped a 14-year-old boy. The New York Post article says glamorous heiress 45 charged with having sex with a 14-year-old boy four times in one day. Do you guys hear where that sounds ridiculous? And the, the article says, an Australian horse heiress is saddled with charges after being accused of having sex with a 14-year-old boy four times in a single day. It says the glamorous mother of two, who is the daughter of famed Aussie horse breeder Ross Daisley, strongly denies the accusations and intends to plead not guilty. And it goes on to talk about how she's some gorgeous socialite and all these different things that she's doing and ways that you can it's literally an advertisement for her business which is right here all over and all these beautiful pictures of her and her business right there well it says glamorous heiress charged with having sex with a young 14 year old boy look more photos from her business come on tell me is I'm she wrong. not in jail no no what? She's not. <laughs> She's not. And it says Daisley's Instagram account has been deleted, but a screenshot from a recent post obtained by by the news featured a caption penned by the heiress that keeps referring to her as the gorgeous heiress, revealing that she was 223 days sober. The post also reveals that she had walked away from her partner of eight years. It says, read here, Daisley is a trained naturopath who founded the business smart cleanse who offers various 14-day detox plans the company website reads and it gives you all of the gives you basically an ad read over a number of years savannah has helped tens of thousands of people detoxify their bodies lose weight heal their digestion improve strength and fitness eliminate stress reverse the aging process overcome various adverse health conditions through the benefits of detoxification and is passionate about doing so She's also authored two books, The 14-Day Smart Cleanse and Epigenetics. This is an ad that is being disguised as an article about a woman who raped a 14-year-old boy. Tell me I'm wrong. Guys, I don't know if I need to vote vote on this in a poll. And this- <laughs> Let's do it. I'll make a poll right make now. Make a poll and tell me that my conspiracy theory is wrong, that either of these women could have just reached out to somebody at the New York Post, maybe paid, maybe didn't, to have them create a fake article, or it could be a real article, obviously, about a real story, but that is an ad for their OnlyFans and for her Smart Cleanse program. We need to get you a tinfoil hat you can put on when you uh, tell these stories and some like music. I do. And and maybe a little -na 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 -na, little sound effect. So we Cam, need, let's program that in there. We really do need some some spooky music for this because this is not. I'm telling you, I feel right about this. I you really convinced do. the audience. Ninety two percent of them say yes. It's it's this article is an ad. Okay, 
oh, well, then I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. It, this article literally refers to this woman who's a rapist, according to the article. The brunette is also the author of two books. The brunette, the gorgeous heiress, the woman runs a website called The Smart Cleanse, and then the, all the photos are not of a not of any sort of headshot or something from or a mugshot from from the jail. They're beautiful Instagram photos of her business. I don't know. See, something ain't right. I mean, I see what you're saying, and something's definitely fishy and and like just sketchy i guess you could say about this whole thing i will say you know there's the old occam's razor principle that the simplest explanation is probably the most likely and i would say that you know this also it's plausible that this is just salacious and clickbaity type of journalism and also lazy journalism because what do you do when you're not that great of a writer or can't be bothered to like come up with original uh, things to say or research about it. You can just copy and paste stuff from the person's website. You can speak in broad generalities. You can you know, right. paste some pictures from them. I mean, that's, they're just, New York Post is notoriously, you know, clickbaity. I mean, that's why their articles hit our timelines on Twitter and why we end up using them a lot is not necessarily because they're the great, it is the old, nation's oldest newspaper, but uh, it it's not because they're the most greatest, reliable, you know, principal journalists ever. So I don't know. They definitely are incentivized to get as many clicks as they can. And this type of journalism and this type of, of headlining and writing will get, will get them that. So I think that that is probably still the most likely thing, but it would not surprise me if your theory were correct. Yeah. I, I, you sound totally reasonable, Taylor, and probably way more reasonable than I sound. I'm going to stick with my theory because it's more entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) It's more entertaining. Cam, where are you on with this? Yeah, Cam, where are you? Whose side are you on? Both of these women, one's an heiress and the other one has 8 million followers on Instagram from her OnlyFans. Both have the money to to afford a New York Post article. That's all I want to say. I really like the New York Post, but they do kind of look like ads. They do kind of look like ads. Okay. New York Post truther. Something's fishy here. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I we I'm gonna start you know bringing on my uh, my conspiracy theories as I think about them. We will do a tinfoil hat segment on this show. <laughs> so. Let's just let's do a New York Post segment every week and look at their uh, <laughs> articles and see if, and see if we find more examples yeah, like this. Yeah, I bet we could because that was really weird. And then the fact that they put her tongue, which is six and a half inches, wink, wink. Ugh. Come on now, come on now. Anyways, guys, uh, this last clip is from the Whatever podcast, which I uh, went on recently. You guys can check that out if you want to. It wasn't the most interesting thing in the world. But here are women talking about whether or not they would rate themselves a 10 when rating one out of 10 for looks. I think if you're ever going to rate yourself, you should always rate yourself a 10 because you become more attractive when you hear how a person thinks. 10... Okay, so you're a 10. Yeah. Okay, she's a 10. I have some uh, makeup remover here. Does anybody want to revise their answer? I think if you're ever... Okay, so when I went on the Whatever podcast, they do the same thing. Everybody has to rate themselves by their looks. I was like, okay, seven. And then all the girls went around and said their their numbers. And it was like seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, eight, whatever. And then he was like, anybody want to remove their makeup? And all the girls there were super based. We were like, yeah, give me the makeup remover. And then he was like, oh... I didn't actually expect you guys to say yes, and then he put it down, so then we never did that, even though everybody was like, yeah, we'll do it, who cares? Um, But these girls obviously did not want to do that, and they've all rated themselves 10, saying that her her philosophy being, 
if you want to come off as being a confident individual and you want to attract people who are also confident in themselves and in you, then saying you're a 10 is probably the best way to go about it. And I understand that in principle, right? And wanting to put out the energy that you ex you expect to receive from the world and that you want to receive from the world. But more so than anything, I'm, I'm a realist. I think you just need to be realistic. If you're giving yourself a 10, just... In, in a practical sense, you're saying there's nowhere to go up. I am 10. There is nowhere to go up from here. Therefore, I have no room for improvement. There is nothing that I could do right now in this very moment that would make me more attractive. Come on now, guys. So really, nobody's a 10 in my eyes for the most part. I can't think of somebody who I'm like, oh, that's a 10 right now. Besides hockey players. Besides hockey players. <laughs> I'm not even going to go that far. I don't even think that. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, if, if, a, if a gay guy is going to choose a sport to watch, hockey's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bet. you know how they say dress for the job you want? I could see the, like, you know, have the, rate yourself inwardly for the, for the rating that you want to be or carry yourself like a 10 and you will maybe increase. I think that's probably more true for guys than girls. If a guy who has confidence is more likely to, you know, exude that and and attract women than a girl who is only relying on confidence for that, because a girl can be pretty delusional about that. Um, and the outward cannot reflect the inward confidence. But I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's a hot take. Yeah, I don't know. I but, feel like it's equal. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I had to think about that. Where is confidence more appreciated in the male or female sex? I don't, it depends on what you mean by confidence. I think a lot of men are attracted to a woman who's like, I'm here, I know what I want, you know, is very direct, straightforward, uh, but other men don't like that. And I think the same goes for guys. Sometimes guys come off super cocky and confident and they're clearly overcompensating. Sorry. Guys. I think a, I think an unconfident hot girl will still get hit on and still get as many guys as she wants, pretty much. But an Whereas unconfident, an unconfident guy, guy won't. Yeah, he won't. It's a good point. It's a good point. Let's, let's do another poll in the chat. I, this is the type of conversations I hate, though, because I'm like, I'm married now, and I think all these games are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if you're a male, you should be secure, and your confidence should come from having a strong sense of identity, and a female, you should too, and you should be healthy people, and that's the type of person you should be looking for and get in a relationship, and that'll be with another person who's secure and confident in that regard. <laughs> you know, so I think all these games are stupid, but we'll go right, ahead right. and say, who's it more... Who's confidence more important for men or women? Yeah. Who's confidence more important for? I guess it is more important for men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, girls can get anything they want really all the time for the most part. Unless you're going for like a top tier high, a high value man. <laughs> but yeah, I just think the principle of you should not, rating yourself a 10 means there's no improvement. So maybe give yourself something less than a 10 uh, and give yourself room for improvement because there's almost always room for improvement. Now I'm going to drink from my big water jug. So, uh, <laughs> Taylor, take take it away. 87% of you say it's for men. So I guess uh, they agree with me. I will say, too, this reminded me, we talked before the show uh, about, you know, the idea of self-ratings. And at PragerU, we have these, you know, annual reviews or whatever where you have to rate yourself and then you talk to your boss and they rated you and you talk about your performance and stuff. And Will Witt would always say, he told me one time, never rate yourself anything below a five out of five on anything, because then you're just admitting that you're not giving, you know, as you're, as much effort as you could be, you're not doing as well as you could. And I'm like, that's a pretty good point. Now I will you're say not. that though, that's more in reference to your own effort 
and your own, like I'm rating my own, what I'm putting forth. It's not necessarily saying I am objectively this valuable of an employee. Uh, it's more like, this is how I'm, I'm doing, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I'm but, the op- like, as an employer, if I was doing yearly reviews and an employee just consecutively always put five out of fives or 10 out of tens on every single thing, I'd be like, I do not trust your sense of self-judgment. I just simply don't trust it because there's no way that you are working at 100% capacity all the time. It's just not it's not reasonable. So it yeah, kind of just I, becomes a joke. It just becomes like, oh, hi, I'm lying openly and here's the lie and look at it. <laughs> That's where it, Yeah, it's one of those things where depending on how you approach the question, uh, you're like you said before, what did you say? You're either lying to yourself or lying to someone else. Yeah, I guess it, you, you'd have to be. Right, because, yeah, anyways, that's that's where I stand on that. But there's this ever-growing belief that everybody's a 10. And I know you guys see those videos that are all over TikTok and Instagram are like, I'm a 10 out of 10, and I, I think everybody's going to rate me a 10 out of 10 and all these things. It's just like, okay, okay. <laughs> you can bleed it. It's just a My wife little... just texted me. She said, your wife's a 10, and I agree. My wife is a 10. <laughs> that nice. is the definition of 10. That's sweet. Uh, let's get into some super chats here. Let's see what people have to say. Moose, thank you for the super chat. Amal is the best. Thank you. That's very sweet. I, I really appreciate that. That's super sweet. Sup, my dude, says, I want to write a story where in an alternate universe, Barry Bonds identifies as a woman, joins a woman's softball league, and breaks every record. Is Barry Bonds a character that I should know? Is that something? He's like the best yeah. baseball player ever, but oh. he got oh. caught up being on steroids. Sorry. So he's so not like in the baseball hall of fame and stuff. Y'all know me, Sporty McSportington over here. I should have known that, right? We uh, at LGBTQIA plus ESPN right. know yeah. all about these statistics. Well, he's straight, so he wouldn't be recognized. Exactly. If he was straight, mm. if he was gay, if he was gay, I would have known him. Alex Casanova, what a wonderful last name. Thank you for your super chat. After car issues, two ninety nine is all I got left. Keep it up. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. You don't have to send us your you last might, dollars. Might, might should have bought lunch, man. <laughs> but keep it. Keep it. Take it back. Yeah. Refund it. Uh, Nariko Higa, or, or I don't know how to say your last name. Sorry. Uh, thank you for your super chat. No message. Appreciate it. Kat McCollum, thank you for your super chat. I love the idea of a lefty book club, but be forewarned that Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist was almost unreadable. Am I surprised by that? No. <laughs> Ibram X. Kendi, I can't. Whenever I watch his videos, I just, it's really rough. It's really rough. Linnea Grace, thank you for your super chat. If you made a quote, I am not a cis woman, I am a woman sticker, I would buy it so fast. Ah, it's actually a really great idea because I just tweeted that out and put it on the YouTube community and you guys really loved that whole phrase. You you guys were commenting all over about how you reject the term cis and all this different stuff. Maybe we should come out with a, a sticker of some sort that says that. It's a great idea. Alex Centeas, thank you for your super chat. Are you going to speak in Minneapolis anytime soon? I don't have any slated trips to Minneapolis. Have I ever even been to Minneapolis? I don't even know that I've ever been to Minneapolis. Just Winona. Just Winona. Uh, so no, not anytime soon. I am going to be at BYU on the 31st for all of our Utah viewers and listeners. Alex and Teas, hey there, gang. Red pill question. Would you consider reaching out to Just Pearly Things to have her on? I think you guys will get along great. 
you know, I've thought about this. Can I be honest with y'all for a second? I thought about it. I've watched Just Pearly Things videos. I think she has some good things to say in some of her videos. I just watch other things and it turns me off to her message sometimes. Like, I feel like she sometimes is just saying things, not necessarily from a perspective of facts <laughs> but from a perspective of it kind of being salacious and maybe that's just because i follow her on twitter and twitter is like a whole different beast uh but i agree with a lot of the stuff that she says in her videos and i think we could come up with a video concept that would be good but just some things catches me and i'm like uh maybe not maybe not just being honest next is from linea grace Thank you. Modern day feminism tells women that to be empowered, they need to take on qualities slash roles of a man. Is it just me or is that saying that male is the superior gender? Fem feminism seems like such a lie. It's a good point. If, uh, if men are not, I guess, doing better things than us, then why are we trying to emulate them? I said before, feminism is sort of making women into substandard men and it's making men into substandard men. So we're all just a bunch of substandard men running around leave it to the patriarchy leave it to the patriarchy bjork Aladotir. i hope i said your name right danes are pissed how disney ruined the little mermaid all right okay so we're hearing from the people themselves they're pissed fix it <laughs> but they're not gonna <laughs> fix it it's not gonna get fixed i'm sorry i'm sorry hans that I went to the, by the way, the De Denmark this last year and saw the original Little Mermaid statue there in Copenhagen. It's like a their one of their claims to fame, along with Legos and some other cool stuff. So, shout out to uh, Copenhagen and Denmark. You guys rock. Amazing. And she responded again and said, "I live in Denmark and Danes. Oh wait, yeah, she said I live in Denmark and Danes are pissed that Disney ruined H.C. Anderson's Little Mermaid. There we go." Kathy Nguyen says, for Justin's dilemma with prayer request in Super Chats, you should donate a portion slash percentage to charity or church. I don't know what we're referring to. Do you guys know what Justin's dilemma is? I do not. I am not sure what that means, but uh, we shall check back. Jess M, thank you for your Super Chats, says Amala and Taylor, big fan from Canada. Come visit. I was supposed to go to Canada like a year and a half ago um, for a democracy fund event, but that never ended up happening because it was all this whole COVID thing. So Dennis and I did it virtually and we were on these huge Zoom screens talking to people in a auditorium, which was so weird. They're just watching my big face on, on a stage, but it was fun. Uh, Dennis and I had a good time. Alex and Teas, most women think they are tens because of the attention ego boost they get from guys every day. They think they are tens because they get attention from celebs, etc. Hmm. So you think maybe the internet has incentivized people thinking that they are tens? Could very well be. I mean, women do, we do get a lot of attention. I don't know that that much attention, though, inf inf really inflates your self view that much. I think it's just more of a philosophy thing. Another one from Bjork says, I'd rather use my money supporting you guys than buying a pack of eggs. I come from the Faroe Islands and I watch your videos daily. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. And from WLMG says, Sav with one N is a 10. Hey, Savannah Hernandez is a 10. She's, she's a cutie. She's been on the show. You guys can check out those videos. Uh, she talked about the drug crisis and her aunt, uh, her direct reporting on those crises in the different major cities that she's visited. So yeah, Savannah is a 10. 
Diva Dawn, when are you coming back to St. Louis? You know what? I don't know. Where did I go to St. Louis for? <laughs> I, I, everything gets mixed up. All the cities. The Washington University of St. Louis. Washington University. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. I, I don't have anything slated for St. Louis. Um, I don't know. Maybe one of these days I just need to go around to different places and organize just like a speaking thing. Come and meet you guys. Your speech there went viral. If you guys haven't seen that, that's on the channel. It's got like 900,000 views or something. Yeah, you guys can check that out. Uh, yeah, some of the uh, Q&As went. <laughs> got a little crazy. Those students were pissed, man. For no reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm not mean. I don't think. Bjork said, I'm new to Super Chat, so I just posted the same message about Danes three times. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay, Bjork. I just hope you need, maybe you should retract a couple of them. You get your money back. Can she get her money back <laughs> for that? Okay. Get pre-credit. Pre maybe we can mark you to get free Super Chats. Right, right. Don't, don't give us too much of your money, Bjork. We appreciate it, though. We appreciate your support. And feel free to buy yourself some eggs, you know, mm. with, the, with the current egg. Is the egg crisis still happening? I don't know. Are you an elitist that you don't even know the price of eggs now? I don't really eat eggs all that much, so well, you're missing out. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, ZH. I think we missed one. Says Disney would spend the same amount of money making new characters and in movies instead of them wearing the skin of classics and calling it a remake. They should just make new movies, and they do all right when they make new movies. But it's a hit or miss. Half yeah. of them suck. Yeah, that's true. Maybe 60% of them suck. Joy said, can you please do a video with Brett Cooper? I know we need to, guys. You guys keep requesting it. I, I literally got a, I've got a direct line to Brett. I could just ask her and we could put something together. We will at some point. Maybe, I don't know, maybe for, <laughs> I don't know, maybe for a million subscribers or something, we'll do a video with Brett. I don't know. I have to think of a concept. I don't just want it to be like, okay, well, Alma and Brett get together and then it's like, okay, what are we going to do? We have to think of something. We'll so you guys been like, sup? Sup? How you yep. doing? How you doing, Good. Brett? Good. Uh, senior, you're doing really good. Good. It's just going to be, we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Maybe uh, it'll be a, a surprise. We won't tell you when that's happening. Thank you for the conversations and making people think, says time out with the super chat. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support and appreciate you taking a time out <laughs> to with us. John Thomas says, speaking of Disney, Victoria Alonso, super woke, no number two at Marvel, was fired today. Oh, okay. So they're firing higher-ups. I wonder what she was fired for. It probably is not because she's woke, unfortunately. It's probably just a coincidence. I'm sure our friend Nerdrotic will have a video unpacking that this week. <laughs> yeah, honestly. He stays on top of the MCU stuff that he's he's on everything when it comes to Disney and just woke Hollywood. Diva Dawn says, I found you through the Wash U talk. Good stuff. Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah, when Washington University posted it, it got like 300,000 views. I was shocked because it's just me rambling for an hour, but uh, people people liked it. Rock, paper, scissors. Thank you for your super chat. Obligatory parasocial relationship chat. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. Gotta love those parasocial relationships that we're all forming and who knows how healthy they are for our brains. But here we are hanging out. I'm the healthiest parasocial relationship you could have. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Probably not. Don't tell anybody I said that. Alfredo Orquiz, thank you for your super chat. I believe Justin meant to say Taylor's dilemma about people asking for him to pray for them, but he's getting paid to pray for them. Oh, I'm yeah. Confused. So, yeah, we got a super chat and somebody asked for a prayer request via super chat. And I was like, this is kind of weird. It's I'll pray for you, but it's kind of unethical. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pay me money. 
Yeah. Uh, so the the, the oh, previous sure. wait, super wait. chat referenced uh, going on Discord to resolve that. So yeah, I, I need to get on Discord and then we could we could be chatting with y'all. Yeah, maybe we'll make a Discord those. channel. And by the way, I think we missed one also earlier from Alfredo Ortiz. He says, "I spice my food like I dated women before marriage." Call me Mister Worldwide. LOL. <laughs> nice. You got game. Love that for you, Alfredo. Love that. Uh, Nick Brown says, I live in Chicago and eggs are still expensive. I also do my best to publicly shame people who put ketchup on hot dogs. <gasps> are you going to publicly shame me? I put ketchup and mustard on my hot dog. Nick. Okay. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. In fact, next stream, ketchup, hot dog, mustard. Live on air. Absolutely not. I'm not going to do that publicly. <laughs> come to think of it. But... Um, I we'd, get put, some weird, we'd get some weirdos tuning in. We'd get some weirdos tuning in. That Nico, <laughs> Nikocado Avocado crowd might be tuning in. Uh, yeah, no. Ketchup on hot dogs is okay. Do you guys put ketchup on your hot dogs? I do ketchup and mustard. I think it's the best that way. Yeah, same here. I eat them plain. Nothing on oh, them. Jail. jail. So you're, you're the ra- that's racist. You're the racist white <laughs> person. I am just like, just like my chicken. I just slap it. Oh the my gosh. <laughs> jail. Jail. Okay. From Bruna CM. Oh, also, YouTube is telling me some of you guys, this is your first super chat. If this is your first time super chatting us. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to you, Bruna. You're, this is your first super chat. Hi from Brazil. Love to listen to you all while I work. Always a great time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support. And hello from America. Bjork. Uh, says, was there a rumor about Biden having cancer recently? I can't really find any news about it. I did not hear that rumor. Any of you hear that rumor? I, do, I have not grapevine? heard about that either. No. I, honestly, I don't keep up with that sort of stuff. Uh, what, what was it that you asked me about, Taylor, oh. today? <laughs> Everyone's everyone's talking about the you know we're not like five hundred one c three Prager U we're not allowed to talk about politicians parties legislation all that so we just avoid those topics generally but yeah. everyone's freaking out about the Trump arrest and all that right now and and I was like have you heard about this and she was like not really have you heard about it and I'm like no I couldn't be bothered to watch a video so yeah. we're both just like not very into the the political stuff with politicians no makes us focus on the substance and the values and i think we appreciate that i keep up with bigger things but i'm like okay all the other stuff i until something tell me when something happens and all then i'll keep up with it i just can't there's too much always always just babble 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 and then it goes away uh we have another one from joy i think biden just had a brain procedure possibly i couldn't tell you couldn't tell you what the potus is up to and another one from Lynn Deal says, Brett Cooper on for Devil's Advocate show. Huh. We haven't had Devil's Advocate in a hot minute. <laughs> Imagine I bring Brett on and I just grill her like a leftist. <laughs> <laughs> Should you rate yourself a 10? Debate. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> and then I think there was one from Flynn. He says, I was the prayer dilemma. Was that Flynn? That's right. Flynn was the OG yes. of the start of this whole debacle and, Flynn and was. Uh, ethical dilemma for me. Yes. Thank you, Flynn. Thanks, Flynn. Thank you for creating problems. <laughs> and i think that's it for super chats today guys thank you so much for watching and spending a little bit of your monday with me it's always a pleasure we love talking to you going through these stories leave a comment down below do you rate yourself a 10 if so why if not 
Why not? Drop that in the comments down below. And as always, we encourage healthy debate. Are you of the philosophy that you should inflate your self-perception in order to appear more confident and take on greater energy? Or should you be more realistic about where you are in the world as a means of assessing progress and a path forward? Let me know in the comments down below. Also, sign up for my email list. You get the chance to win a handy dandy little unapologetic mug sticker and a little note from me sent to your door by moi <laughs> don't you all love that isn't that what everybody wants <laughs> sign up for the email list we're gonna pick 10 lucky lucky winners from that list there and sign up for the discord if you guys want to join a community of people who are like-minded free thinkers talking out daily issues sending pictures of their pets their foods i don't know what they ate for breakfast you can join our Discord. There's a lot of uh, curious conversations. Cam goes on Discord quite a bit, hangs out with you guys. I suck at going on the Discord. I'm not going to lie, but I will. I do go on there to check when you guys like suggest stuff to me and send it to me. I'm just really bad at staying on there. But there's always like 400 people active on the Discord at any given time. So that's super cool. You always have somebody to talk to. So go and check it out. And I think that's it. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Bye, guys.